Today on the Matt Walsh Show, the left-wing media is hunting down and combating misinformation, quote-unquote, about the election. The only problem is that much of what they call misinformation is actually completely true. Small little detail there. Plus, five headlines, including the CDC's new Thanksgiving guidelines, which I will be sure personally to completely ignore, and I would urge you to do the same. And in our daily cancellation, I will have to cancel the AP, I think again, the second time, for coming up with a whole new set of words that are uh, now offensive, according to them. All of that on the way. But first, quick message from our good friends over at Lightstream. You know, it's, uh, it's, most people have a balance on their credit cards with a high interest rate, and it's much higher than they would prefer. It's much higher than they have to be paying. You can refinance your high interest credit card balance and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. You know, the rates here start at 5.95% APR with auto pay. And if you have excellent credit, the rate is fixed. So you know that you got that confidence and, and, uh, and that uh, peace of mind to know that it's not going to go up over the life of the loan. Plus, there are no additional fees you have to worry about. You can get a loan from, if you want $5,000 up to $100,000. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen with many people how they have debt. We all have debt. But for some people, it prevents them from moving on with their lives, moving forward in their careers, you know, having that financial stability that they should have. Uh, and that's why my listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Walsh. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash Walsh. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% to 19.99% APR and include 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Walsh for more information. You know, we've heard quite a lot over the last four years about uh, quote-unquote misinformation. And now as Trump challenges the ostensible results of the election, this campaign by the media to combat what they call misinformation has gone into overdrive. Everywhere they look now, they're finding this misinformation. Some of the headlines just over the last few hours, uh, quote, the misinformation media machine amplifying Trump's election lies. Election misinformation continues staying up on YouTube. Misinformation channels claim Biden is no longer president-elect. That's not true. Internet sleuths use misinformation in an attempt to prove dead people voted in Michigan. And on and on. Now, you'll notice, of course, that the word misinformation is only ever used to apply to conservatives and conservative outlets. And I don't think I'm exaggerating here. I'm not aware of a single case ever of the mainstream media labeling a leftist claim as misinformation. And that's not because leftists never engage in it. We'll have more on that in just a minute. Kevin Roos of the, the New York Times is on the misinformation beat. He tweeted this out uh, yesterday. He said, Facebook is absolutely teeming with right-wing misinformation right now. These are all among the 10 most engaged URLs on the platform over the last 24 hours. Then he provides screenshots of four misinformation articles, one of them written, full disclosure, by the Daily Wire. The headlines are, these are the headlines. These are the misinformation headlines. Okay, listen to these. Republican in Michigan goes from loser to winner after technical glitch fixed. Officials urge confidence in system. Michigan legislature holds rare emergency session to investigate irregularities. Attorney General William Barr authorizes DOJ to look into voting irregularities. And Purdue Loeffler call on Georgia Secretary of State to resign over election. Those are the misinformation headlines. The problem with calling them misinformation, of course, is that they all happen to be true. The misinformation here is in labeling them misinformation. Now, after a bunch of people pointed this out, Roos followed it up with this. He said, 
For the conservatives who are mad about this, yes, it is possible for a story to be factually accurate and for it to be part of a misinformation campaign aimed at undermining confidence in the election. Okay, so do you understand that? A story can be factually accurate and also be misinformation. Factually accurate misinformation. That's what we're dealing with now. Then he starts scrambling to make his position seem coherent because, of course, it's totally incoherent. Finally, he settles on this. He says, we need a better word than misinformation to distinguish between totally false stories and true stories that are published in service of an attempt to, to mislead people. But nobody who studies this stuff is confused by what's happening. Okay, true stories that are published in the service of an attempt to mislead people. Do you mean like, I don't know, this segment that aired on ABC News, suggesting that the defense secretary getting fired might mean that Trump is on the verge of staging a military coup? Listen to this. Well, Martha, you've covered Washington. You've covered the Pentagon for years. Have you ever seen an interim period like this, a defense secretary out, three more top Pentagon officials tonight? And if this is unsettling for folks at home, what do your sources tell you tonight? Is there any concern that this could put national security at risk? You know, David, no one has seen anything like this. There is concern about what this means. Is the president planning a military operation or the use of federal troops, which Esper opposed? Even Mitch McConnell praised Esper today. And Republican John Cornyn, a member of the Senate GOP leadership, said of Trump's decision to fire Esper, I don't think it helps him and I don't think it helps the country. Now, the insinuation that Trump is about to declare himself military dictator of the country seems an awful lot to me like misinformation. And so does this, so does this from Bloomberg, uh, published yesterday. It says, for perhaps the first time in American history, a coordinated effort to taint or overturn a presidential election may be underway. Yes, Bloomberg has pulled out the flashy thing from Men in Black, and they're attempting now to wipe out our memory of the last four years. So has CNN. Uh, here's a segment they aired just this morning. When it comes to claims about mass voter fraud, let's be clear. Trump supporters, you're being lied to. Donald Trump has a history of lying loudly, turning baseless accusations into play-to-the-base articles of faith. Now, the goal is often to create a fake scandal to distract from a real one. But when the accusation is actually investigated by Republicans in Congress or the Trump Justice Department, it comes up empty because there was never anything there. Okay, fake scandals that fall apart upon further investigation. I can think of quite a few of those personally, such as, for example, pretty much every single Trump scandal over the last four years. But the media will never call their own misinformation misinformation. That's never going to happen. So what do they really mean when they use the term? Well, I think that Kevin Roos made it clear, being for a moment uh, more honest than he meant to be, to the media and also to the big tech companies like Facebook and Twitter, a fact can still be misinformation, even if it's a fact, it can still, still be misinformation if it's inconvenient or offensive to some favored group of people anyway, or if it might lead people to a conclusion at which our overlords and truth ministers do not want us to arrive. And often the forbidden conclusion is the right conclusion, but even if it isn't, I mean, even if some set of true facts may really be interpreted by some group of people in the wrong way, set them down the wrong path, that's no excuse to censor the facts or to mislabel them as false when they aren't. People don't need to be protected in this way. 
An important part of being an adult and an American in a free country in the information age is to pursue facts and form conclusions using your own discernment. We don't need daddy CNN or mommy Facebook to hold our hands and guide us this way or that. Besides, if you want to talk about cherry-picked facts, half-truths, out-of-context tidbits being used in service of an attempt to mislead, as the New York Times says, I can think of no better example of that in modern times than what we've witnessed over the past five or six months in cities across the country. Police shootings caught on tape, posted online without context, or with dishonestly framed context, and spread by the media in order to convince people that racist cops are prowling the streets murdering innocent minorities at will. Now, there is an example of how a reality, the reality that that so-and-so was shot by the cops, can be presented in such a way as to cause people to form conclusions that are wildly off-base and dangerous and destructive. But even then, I wouldn't be in favor of censorship to solve the problem. Instead, people who know the truth have to stand up, speak it, and battle the lies head-on. That's the only way to deal with it. The left relies on on forms of censorship. And by the way, a major media outlet baselessly labeling a truthful thing as misinformation is a form of censorship. Let's be clear about that, especially because they know that big tech's going to take that and run with it. But they rely on these strategies because they don't have the truth on their side. They cannot meet you out on the battlefield of ideas and present their side that way. They can only shout you down, shut you down, shut you up, label you. Maybe throw a Molotov cocktail through your window for good measure. These are the weapons of liars and con artists. artists. These are their tactics. And we should be sure not to fall for it. Let's get to our five headlines. You know, I could tell you with everything going on right now, homeschool has never seemed more appealing uh, to people than it does at the moment. And that's, and that's true. If you look at the, at the statistics, people are flocking to homeschool. And we've been a homeschool family um, you know, ever since our, our kids were school-aged. And here's what I can tell you. Uh, parents, if you homeschool or if you want to homeschool, if you're thinking about it, I know it can be kind of overwhelming just to, just to consider all the work and responsibilities that are going to be on your shoulders. You've got your kid's entire education, right? That seems like it's up to you. Um, And for the parents with kids in school, if you've avoided the need to pull your student out of the public school system because it just seems too daunting to homeschool them yourself, which I know there are a lot of parents in that category. I talk to them all the time. Well, no matter matter your situation, Homeschool Magnet is for a parent just like you, I guarantee it. Homeschool Magnet supports homeschooling families by providing students with instruction from world-class credentialed teachers in a remote classroom with their peers. Now, parents can choose the best teachers for each student based on the values and teaching approach to ensure that every child is receiving exactly the education that they desire. That's what I like about Homeschool Magnet is that it's putting the power into your hands as a parent. And that's what homeschooling is supposed to all be about, right? Um, this puts you as the parent in full control of your child's education without the daily responsibilities of lesson planning, pre-learning, teaching, tutoring, grading, and all of that kind of stuff. Each student will receive instruction in the four core subject areas of math, English language, um, uh, uh, science, and social studies. You know, other online schools exist, but Homeschool Magnet is unique because even though Homeschool Magnet includes a robust online learning environment, each student works from real physical learning materials guided by video instruction from their teachers. This approach is uh, similar to most remote college learning formats and will help prepare students for secondary school. Every student has daily access to their teachers who know their learning needs and can help with instruction and tutoring. Homeschool Magnet even gives your students the opportunity to join group 
uh, video tutoring calls, uh, homeroom style group video calls for fun and socialization. So you're getting all of that with Homeschool Magnet. Homeschool Magnet is only a fraction of the cost of private schools and the 30 day money back guarantee upon enrollment means this choice is risk free. Plus enrollment and tuition are on a per semester basis. So you're only committing for a short period of time, giving you even more flexibility and control to shape your child's education. Uh, and this is, this is what it's all about. It's all about giving you control over your child's education. So to learn more about Homeschool Magnet student experience, go to homeschoolmagnet.com and join the growing wait list. And if you're an interested teacher who wants to have more freedom in your teaching career, Homeschool Magnet may be perfect for you as well. We're recruiting new teachers right now. So visit homeschoolmagnet.com Matt to learn more and apply. All right, well, the CDC has uh, released its Thanksgiving guidelines. I will be disregarding all of their Thanksgiving guidelines, just as I've disregarded everything else they've said. Um, but just for fun, here they are from Fox 5 NY. Here are the guidelines. I'll read a few of these to you, in, ca- in, case, in case you're wondering, in case you, in case you want to get the CDC's approval, like you're planning your Thanksgiving dinner and celebration, and you're thinking, what does the CDC think about this? Here's what they said. Limiting the number of attendees as much as possible and allowing people from from different households to social distance at at all times is also encouraged. Hosting the gathering outdoors rather than indoors as much as possible and requiring guests to wear masks when they aren't eating or drinking is also encouraged. If you're hosting an indoor gathering, the CDC says to increase ventilation as much as possible by opening windows and doors. Thanks for that recommendation, CDC. I, I, you know, I never would have thought to open my windows if it's a little stuffy inside. I needed the CDC to tell me that. When it comes to food and drinks, the CDC says hosts should encourage guests to bring food for themselves and members of their household and to avoid potluck-style gatherings. Okay, so you're, you're all bringing your own meal, and you're just sitting down uh, in, with glass partitions with masks on. Lift the mask up, stuff the, the turkey wing in. If you're preparing or serving food for guests that don't live in your household, you should wear a mask. Guests are encouraged to have a plan for storing their mask while eating and drinking. Um, as always, everyone is asked to wash their hands with ho- soap and water for 20 seconds. Again, I needed the CDC to tell me that. I would never have thought to wash my hands with soap and water. Usually, I use um, ginger ale to wash my hands. And so... Uh, every, time, every time I see this reminder from the CDC, use soap and water, I think, oh yeah, I forgot. The second iteration of CDC Thanksgiving guidance also includes recommendations for safe travel and overnight stays um, and uh, blah, 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 on and on. Yeah, this is, this is something I just will not be paying attention to whatsoever. Um, and yet, yet again, th- this is... This is the CDC. Uh, now, at least, at least it's the CDC here. It's, it's a lot worse than like in a place like California, where you've got the health department taking all of these guidelines and actually making it a, a, a matter of law. Even though, of course, the Department of Health doesn't have the authority to just create laws, but um, they're trying to do it and they're, they're trying to use the force of law to force you to do it. So at least with the CDC, it's just a guideline, which we don't have to listen to. And, um, and I won't. You know, this is this is one of the worst things to come of the COVID hysteria is just the, the paranoia and suspicion that we're supposed to have, even towards our own families. Like if you're if your aunt comes to your Thanksgiving 
And she brought her green bean casserole. You know, you don't want to eat that. It might be infected with COVID. Number two, um, this is from the Daily Wire. It says, the fallout from this summer's riots, which saw businesses large and small looted and burned to the ground, continues to be seen as a new report from the New York Times shines a light on the insurance woes faced by those whose livelihoods were destroyed in the name of racial justice. Um, it says, the outlet reported, while large chains like Walmart and Best Buy have excellent insurance, many small businesses that have been burned down since the riots lack similar coverage. And for them, there is no easy way to replace all that they lost. In Kenosha, more than 35 small businesses were completely destroyed, and around 80 have been damaged, according to the city's business association. Almost all are locally owned, and many are underinsured or struggling to manage. Now, and the, the, the report goes on with the Daily Wire. You can read it there, but I wanted to highlight that because th- this is something you heard from the rioters and from BLM. The, the excuse they gave is that, uh, including that clip we played a few times of the BLM activist, I think she was in Chicago, saying that looting is a form of reparations and encouraging people to do it and saying, oh, the businesses all have insurance, so you just take what you want. Now, these are people who don't understand how insurance works. It's not just you, you have insurance, so you can, you can take whatever you want and magically... Like, you, you could burn down their business, and because you have insurance, it will magically you know, regenerate on its own. Like the, the Wolverine and X-Men or something. As regeneration power suggests, you steal whatever you want. You can steal the TV, and then the TV will, will, will rematerialize in its place. Um, that seems to be what they think, but that's not how insurance works. And also, as it turns out, of course, a lot of these businesses um, don't have insurance or underinsured. And... Yeah, even even if they even if they do have insurance that can cover all of it, of course, just this should go without saying. That doesn't mean you can just go and take whatever you want. Like if if I'm if I'm sure that you have really great car insurance, that doesn't mean I can just ram into you on the highway and say, "Well, you got car insurance. What are you what are you whining about? You got car insurance." Number three, this is a tough time for the media because they can't quite decide if, if now, you know, now that they've declared Biden the winner, they can't quite decide if they should just pretend that COVID has gone away and been cured or if they should double down on the fear porn in hopes that Biden will put us into a full lockdown again, mask mandates and everything else. So they're kind of trying to walk this high wire act of propaganda where they're, they're, they're sort of doing both. And uh, I feel for them because it's got to be difficult to figure out exactly how you want to lie to people. But on the fear porn side of things, um, there's this article from Reuters. Headline is, very scary headline. Listen to the headline. One in five COVID-19 patients develop mental illness within 90 days. Okay, now this makes it sound like COVID is causing some kind of neurological damage making people go insane or something when they have COVID-19. That, that's what it sounds like when you see that headline. And if you saw that headline and you didn't click on it, you would just absorb that impression, that half-baked, vague impression, and bring it with you throughout your, your day. And that's, that's what you're supposed to do. That's the point. But then you click on it. And here's what it says. Many COVID-19 survivors are likely to be at a greater risk of developing mental illness. According to psychiatrists, after a large study found 20% of those infected with the coronavirus are diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder within 90 days. What are the disorders, though? Anxiety, depression, and insomnia were the most common uh, reported among recovered COVID-19 patients in the study. Anxiety, depression, and insomnia. Okay. 
So people with coronavirus, a disease that the media says will kill them, a disease that we're told, you know, we had to shut down the country for, um, when they have it, they feel anxious and depressed. Wow. Huge news. Amazing. Put this in a headline. You got it. It's incredible stuff. I can't believe that people who get sick with a virus that even Donald Trump calls the plague, which by the way, I really wish you would stop doing that. But crazy that, that the people with that virus would have anxiety about it. Totally unexpected. Hey, you know, I wonder what kind of mental illness have the lockdowns caused and the media coverage? I bet there's a lot of anxiety and depression out there from people who never even got sick. Now, this is ridiculous, but then, you know, I, I, I must admit, I say all this, um, admittedly, as someone who holds an extremely heterodox view about anxiety and depression. Um, I don't really agree that either of those things are mental illnesses to begin with. Like I said, I know it's heretical these days. You're not allowed to say this. Um, I, I actually think that anxiety in particular is a completely normal, though not enjoyable, aspect of the human experience, um, even a defining aspect of the human experience. Part of what makes us human is that we can contemplate our own existence and feel despair or feel worried about it, feel anxious, which doesn't mean that despair and anxiety are good or should be welcomed, but it does mean that it's not a disease. It's not a disorder. It's not a medical issue. And this is a perfect example of why. Oh, they, they have, to, they have to, depression and anxiety. There's a very, a very discernible reason for that. So to call it a mental illness is absurd. It's just you're reacting in a pretty normal way to your environment. Now, I think there are a lot of people that have way too much anxiety about the coronavirus because of all the fear porn that the media puts out. But still, it's a, it's a normal and predictable reaction to your environment. And in general, even, even, without, even without coronavirus, the fact is that there's, there's a lot in the world that could make someone feel despair, make them feel anxious, make them feel anxiety. Again, not saying you should feel it, not saying if you do feel it, you should just embrace it and live with it. Um, but it's, it's, not, it, it's not disordered. It's not diseased. But of course, what the, what the pharmaceutical industry has done is they've just decided, they've, they've taken these normal aspects of the human experience. And they've drawn completely arbitrary lines and said, um, you know, it's okay to feel this much despair. Like, here's the despair line, and you can feel despair up to that line. But if you feel it over that line, now it's a disease, and we're going to medicate it. Who, who sa- says who? Wh- where did you come up with this? Who told you where the line is? All right. Um, as we have covered, leftists have been busy making lists recently, lists of all the heretics who have uh, been insufficiently loyal to leftist orthodoxy, especially anyone who's expressed support for Trump. And they seem to have gotten on the, on the list kick and are going wild with it right now. Uh, here's a list that was on CNN yesterday. This woman, whoever she is, I'm not sure who it is, uh, she has a list of GOP senators who have not congratulated Joe Biden. And it's, it's like all of them, except for, I guess, Mitt Romney. So it's pretty much all the GOP. There might be one or two others who have congratulated so I, I look at this, and I can pretty much guarantee you that this lady has a similar list at her house, probably up on her fridge, of every acquaintance who didn't wish her a happy birthday. I'd like to see a segment on that subject. Maybe CNN could do a segment about all the people who didn't wish this woman a happy birthday. Or maybe extended family members who still haven't sent her a wedding gift, 
you know, even though her wedding was three years ago. These list, list makers, they just, they can't help themselves. Finally, I want to play this for you uh, simply because it, it is, to my mind, the most important piece of reporting that MSNBC has ever done. Um, this was really hard-hitting stuff, and I just thought it was uh, a re- really important piece of reporting. Here, here it is. Take a look. NBC's Kim Delanian has some new reporting on something that we talked about at the top of the hour, how the Trump administration is handling the transition with the incoming Biden team or not handling it, we should say, to a certain extent. This time it involves our intelligence community. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Okay. Uh, think we lost. Think we lost Ken for a second. I, I think the explanation that he gave for that is that he was having um, technical difficulties and didn't realize he was on camera, and so that's why that happened. But the way that I read it, at least what I would like to, to think, is that he got some. He's reacting to like some news via text message, or maybe he was trying to order chicken wings by DoorDash, but the place was outside of the, the, the delivery zone. And I admit I have reacted in a similar way, in, a, in similar situations, many, many times. Just not usually on, on camera, though. That's the only difference. So, But that is maybe MSNBC's best moment. I think it, it's only right for us to take a moment and, and recognize it. All right, we're going to get to our daily cancellation in just one second. But first, a word from another one of our sponsors, Mac Weldon. You know, it's, it's important, I think, when you're wearing clothes to be comfortable. And, but at the same time, you want to you look like you care about how you look. My wife especially is, is always telling me that. Uh, with, without the normal routines of going into the office, having business meetings and the like, men are wearing a lot of jeans, soft-knit polos, tees, joggers, uh, active shorts, whatever men's basic basics, uh, whatever they are, you need Mack Weldon. And uh, they've got you covered with unmatched comfort and fit. So you got, and you got the style of comfort, everything. They've got men's essentials like socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts, uh, Mack Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. Plus, there's the versatility to it. So you look great, you feel great from working out, going out, going to work, or on a date, whatever it is. Mack Weldon is for everyday life. Uh, whatever the situation, whatever situation arises, you know you've got Mack Weldon. And there's technology too. They got a wide range of customized fabrics that can keep you keep up with uh, with you, no matter what your day looks like, no matter what you're doing. Um, and uh, also, you know, I want to tell you about Weldon Blue. It's a totally free loyalty program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level two, by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. That's pretty incredible. And there's, and you've always got the Mack Weldon guarantee. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. You're not gonna have to send back the underwear, which is good. Um, you can you keep the underwear, but they're gonna refund you, no questions asked. Uh, but here's, here's, here's what I would tell you, that if you get Mack Weldon, you're not gonna wanna send it back. And once you go with Mack Weldon, you don't go back to something else. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Walsh and enter promo code Walsh. That again is MacWeldon.com slash Walsh, promo code Walsh for 20% off. Mack Weldon, reinventing men's basics. You know, one other note here, if you, if you weren't already uh, disgusted by the legacy media, which probably you were, but you should be now, the media has preemptively, of course, called the election in favor of Joe Biden, and they're further claiming that Trump is undermining elections by not conceding. We talked about all this earlier with their misinformation claims, but you know they, they accuse others of misinformation, but as usual, it's projection. Uh, just because CNN and Fox News declare something doesn't make it true. 
It means they're pushing a narrative that benefits them. Not only that, but the media has already shifted from demonizing President Trump and his supporters to flattering Biden and Harris before they've even taken office. Uh, the dust hasn't settled yet on the election, and we're already reading stories about Joe's rescue dogs, and that's going to be tough for me. If Joe Biden is president, I'm going to have to listen to stories about his dogs. For me especially, that's going to be a difficult thing to deal with. Jill's stunning wardrobe they're telling us about. Look, if you're sick of the media feeding you the narrative, then replace your cable and your news subscriptions with The Daily Wire. We have big plans for these next four years, and it all starts today. Uh, Candace Owens, New York Times bestselling author and founder of the Blexit Foundation. We made the big announcement last week. She's joining The Daily Wire. We're all excited about that. Well, she'll be launching a brand new show with us early next year. Uh, also, we're going to have an entertainment channel, a new investigative journalism team. We're building partnerships with like-minded content creators like PragerU, who uh, by the end of the year, their entire show library will be available on dailywire.com. So it's just yet another perk you get if you're a dailywire.com member. We're going after the legacy media, and we're going to do it by building a huge membership base of supporters just like you. So... Right now, just to show you we're serious, we're offering 25% off all memberships with code ELECTION over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Members get our articles ad-free access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro show, exclusive Reader's Pass content, all of that for Daily Wire members. If you're considering an all-access membership, you also get to take part in our live stream discussions with our hosts and our amazing online community. You also get not one, but two leftist tiers tumblers with your membership, as well as early and sometimes exclusive access to new Daily Wire products. So remember, that's 25% off all memberships with code election over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. You could replace the legacy media with the Daily Wire. You won't regret it, I guarantee you. All right, let's get to our daily cancellation. Now, before we really get into it, I have to address something briefly from yesterday's cancellation. As you know, I was canceling a whole bunch of states for their incorrect viewpoints on what the best Thanksgiving side dishes are. During that cancellation spree, I did cancel Alabama for listing dressing as its favorite side dish. Um, I thought they meant salad dressing, like ranch or something. I've since been informed that dressing in the South means stuffing. Many in the audience are demanding that I retract my cancellation of Alabama, apologize to Alabama for slandering them, let me be very, be very clear about this. I do not retract. I do not apologize. It's not my fault that you, you people use the wrong word to refer to stuffing. Stuffing is stuffing, so-called because often you will stuff it into the cavity of the turkey. I don't know who first came up with the idea of stuffing chunks of bread into a turkey's ass, but that's neither here nor there. Dressing makes no sense as a name for stuffing. So Alabama is canceled for using the wrong word to refer to it. I take no responsibility for this. I apologize to no one. In fact, I demand that you all apologize to me for making me feel stupid and embarrassed when, in fact, I'm the one who's using the proper names for things. You all should be ashamed. How dare you? How dare Alabama? You're canceled again. Now, today for our daily cancellation, another spree. Uh, maybe spree is too aggressive and intimidating of a term. Maybe I'm not going on a cancellation spree, but rather daintily spreading the cancellations around like a fairy sprinkling pixie dust, I don't know, however you'd like to describe it. I must cancel first the Associated Press for this tweet from their style book. It says, do not use derogatory terms such as insane, crazy slash crazed, nuts or deranged, unless they're part of a quotation that's essential to the story. Avoid using mental health terms to describe unrelated issues. Don't say that an award show, for example, was schizophrenic. 
Now, they noticeably do not rule out calling someone whacked out, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, one fry short of a Happy Meal, one can short of a six-pack, one card short of a full deck, bonkers. I still retain the right to use all those terms then. And also all the other terms that the AP has just outlawed. outlawed. Uh, I can use all that too. But the situation gets worse because this tweet was met with appropriate derision and mockery from a lot of people. But the mockery was not as universal or widespread as it should have been. In fact, lots of comments were agreeing and adding to the insanity. Excuse me. The No, insanity was the right word. I'll stick with that. Um, here are some of the comments. Okay, this, these are from real people. Thank you for this. Addicted is another word casually thrown around, which is something those of us in recovery often struggle with. Someone else said, I would like to adjust and add calling people wild wouldn't be your best choice of words. This term can be slash has been used to oppress POC slash indigenous people and their cultures. Use wisely. Someone else explains that bonkers is not an acceptable replacement term. She says, bananas, yes, bonkers, no. Bonkers is thought to stem from terms related to being hit on the head, etc., and still means crazy, mad, etc. Bananas is just a way of saying something is silly. She then suggests wild, also as a choice, um, and someone else corrects her by informing her that wild can be offensive to native, native tribes, as we just heard. All of this is real, by the way. These are not satire accounts. So let me add a couple of notes here. First of all, bananas is still offensive because it brings to mind the cartoons of people slipping on banana peels, hitting their heads, which also minimizes and diminishes the suffering of head injury patients. Also, bananas grow in tropical regions, often harvested by poor people and minorities. This is their livelihood. To suggest that their livelihood is silly or a joke to you is extremely dehumanizing and offensive to those poor tropical islanders who I'm sure have nothing better to do with their time than troll Twitter looking for things to be offended by. Really, any synonym you might find for crazy can be offensive. Any word at all can be offensive. Any object or thing or concept can be offensive. I could walk outside right now, pick up a random like stick off the ground and find a dozen reasons, at least, to be offended by the stick. I can be offended by anything if I want to be. I once spent three hours offended by a potato just for fun. So this is child's play to me. And by the way, the term child's play is offensive because it suggests that only children play games, which can be humiliating to gamers who don't like it when you notice that they have no life. Once you go down this road, it never ends. The, the whole exercise is absurd. The one guy saying he doesn't like to hear the word addicted used because he's an addict. What, so you struggle with this issue, which means none of us are allowed to even say the word in your presence? Or you have mental health problems, and that means five dozen words have to be ripped out of the dictionary so that you never have to experience a moment of discomfort by simply hearing a word that vaguely and jokingly refers to your condition. That's not how language works. That's not how communication works. The point of communication is to convey meaning. A person communicates in order to take the thoughts that are in his head and make them understandable to his listener. The point of communication is not to avoid offense. If that were the point, we'd all just stop talking to each other completely. We'd become like monks, monks with a, a vow of silence, which increasingly I'm starting to believe would be perhaps the best solution for a lot of problems in our society. But for now, in any case, uh, the AP is canceled again. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.